All right, so my guest today was Simone, um, who has an interesting uh, kind of quote for her life. She, as she puts it, she leads an ordinary life filled with extraordinary moments. Uh, and I think that's a really fitting way to explain her life and, and a big part of the reason I wanted to speak with her. So just for a bit of background, she's an author. Uh, she wrote a book called The Extraordinary Unordinary You. She's a mother of six, uh, three of which of her children were adopted. She's an entrepreneur. She's a speaker. Uh, she's climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. She's done lots of, uh, she's had lots of extraordinary moments, as she says. Um, and her, her goal, kind of mission in life is to help people realize that small choices matter and we kind of have the power to inspire others just by being who we are. And for her, a lot of that is rooted in kindness, which was her most important value. Um, and I was excited to talk to Simone, among other reasons, because that, that whole idea of kind of being an ordinary person that does kind of special or unique or extraordinary things is, is really interesting to me. Um, I, I think there's a lot of us, if we're all being honest, and, and, and myself very much included, as I often say, who see somebody who climbs Mount Kilimanjaro, who adopts three kids or whatever it might be, and says like, wow, that's, that's pretty amazing or that's pretty crazy, but that's just not me. That's a different type of person. That's like a different breed. That's not, that's not something I can ever do in my life. And listen, like that fascinates me because honestly, maybe that's true. Maybe there are certain people that are cut from a different cloth or maybe it's not, you know, I don't know. So part of why I wanted to talk to Simone was to kind of get her perspective and try and figure that out a little bit. Um, and as I said, she started the conversation with kindness as, as the main value and kind of coming from this place of, of saying that um, being kind, it, it's a choice, but it's, it's often a hard choice or it can be a hard choice. Um, it's something where you kind of have to figure out, again, what makes you special? What makes you come alive? What makes you happy? And it's only once you do that, that you can actually make that hard choice to be kind to others. So Simone spoke a lot about her journey. Um, to build self-confidence in her, to overcome doubt that she had, some challenges she had earlier in life with, with her weight um, and kind of body image, just self-doubt in general, and, and really how her kids in many ways helped her to overcome that and become the person she is today. Um, and, and something I'm super excited about or interested in towards the end of the conversation, we got into some philosophical territory talking about how you build that self-confidence and how one piece of it is having at least one person in your life who really believes in you, even if you don't. And how very often for, for a lot of people, that one person, if you will, is, is God. So we spoke about that a little bit and, and the functionality of that. Um, we also asked the question of if being kind makes you happy, is that okay? And on the surface, that seems like, well, yeah, of course. But, but by that question, we meant like, if you're really just being kind because it makes you feel good, are there any risks to that? Are there any negative implications to that? Maybe there aren't, but we wanted to explore that a little bit. Um, and Simone had some really interesting insights and thoughts on all of that. So big thanks to her for being on the show. Really, really interesting, kind of fun episode. Um, and with that, let's get into it. All right, Simone, thank you so much for being on. Really appreciate you making the time. I will get right to it. So what's the value that's most important to you? The value that's most important to me is kindness. Okay. And I guess let me start. Let's define that. I think hopefully most people know what that is, but I think it could be different for different people. How do you define kindness? I, well, like, yeah, there's lots of different definitions, <laughs> but really, I mean, I kind of see it as how we interact with people in the world that we choose to lead with positivity and compassion. I mean, I know those are all like different values mixed in, but I think kindness kind of encompasses a lot of things, but it's really about how we treat other people. Mm. And we have a choice every day of how we do that. Mm. Mm. 
And why, I mean, this sounds like a funny question to ask, particularly when somebody says something like kindness or compassion, but why, why is that the most important? As you said, there's, there's other words, there's different mm-hmm. values, which I think we all, you know, see value in, but mm-hmm. for you, kindness rising to the top, why do you think that one's the, the, the pinnacle of it? Cause I think we don't have, we don't see enough of it this, these days. I, you know, I really thought that the last two years would have kind of made people more patient and more understanding and just more kind in general, because we obviously the country, the world has struggled so much. And I kind of thought, oh, we're, you know, when we start coming out of this pandemic, we'll start seeing more of, you know, just acts of kindness everywhere because people are so happy to be around other people. And um, I'm not seeing that. So I really think that it's something that we should all be doing every day that it is so important because we don't know what anybody else is going through. So when we choose to be kind, because it is a choice, um, we can really make a huge difference in someone else's life. Mm. Why do you think we're speculating, right? But why do you think it didn't go the way you hoped? Why do you think that choice of choosing kindness is something that for whatever reason, some people most days don't choose to to do? And I don't want to say most people, but I think a lot of people, I think, you know, I think people are are frustrated and you know there's a lot of different things happening right now but I think people are frustrated is one of the biggest things and so instead of just saying let me take a step back and think about other people they're frustrated with themselves or within their own lives and so that's kind of how they're moving forward through their day and it's not about judging them it's just about saying wait is this really how you want to be walking through your life yeah yeah, it's funny. I think about this sometimes. I'm curious your take, and then I want to get into your kind of background and experiences too, because I think it's relevant to this. But I debate this. But I think if if somebody put a gun to my head and said, you know, what do you think? I think I would say being a good person, being kind, to use that word, is hard. Which which is weird, right? And and I'm and I can understand why somebody might react to that and say, mm-hmm. like, actually, it's pretty easy to be kind. But but I say it for the reason that I think you're saying it, which is that there's so much stuff we all have individually going on that we're dealing with in the world, with our families, our own ego issues, insecurities, childhood trauma, whatever it might be, that to actually deal with all that and get over it, to then be able to make that choice and say, I'm not gonna let this frustration or these issues bring me down, I'm gonna still choose to be kind. That's really hard. Like it takes a lot of work sometimes to be kind. And I think people either don't appreciate that or they think I shouldn't have to work this hard to be kind. And if I have to, then I'm not going to do it. That shouldn't be the way I do it. What, what do you think about that? Yeah, I, 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 you summed it up really well. And I, I think I completely agree with that because it is, it is a process. You have to make a choice. I mean, every morning when you get up, you can choose to be miserable or you can choose to be happy. And I know there are outside factors, but you still have that choice of how you move forward. And it does take more work. It's much easier to just when, you know, you're on a call with someone and it doesn't go the way you want it. It's much easier just to yell and scream and, Mm. but I don't think it gets you very far and I don't think it makes you feel better at the end of the day. Mm. Um, But yeah, it's, it's a process. It's not just, Hey, I'm just going to be nice to everyone because my life is fantastic. It's everything is a struggle and I want to do better for me. And I know if I feel better, I'll make other people feel better. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's why like self-reflection, introspection, is so important because figuring out what are the hurdles, figuring out to your example of you're in a meeting, it doesn't go well and you start yelling, like being honest with yourself of like, what, why did I make that choice to yell? What did mm-hmm. I think it was doing for me? What did I hope yeah. it was gonna do? And then being honest and realizing like, it didn't actually do that at all. It didn't make me feel better. 
that self-reflection is a really big piece of it, I think. And that's where I was curious to talk to you too, Simone. I mean, given your background experiences, I know you've written a book, you climbed, climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, yeah. you've adopted a lot of kids, a lot of things that, um, I thought it was interesting the way you wrote it in, in your profile, like you're, you're an ordinary person that lives kind of an extraordinary life or has extraordinary moments or experiences. Mm -hmm. And I think, at least for me, I would imagine for others, that's so relatable because I think having that self-reflection to identify, there are these extraordinary things I want to do. I need to push myself to do these things. What was that like for you? How did you get to a point where you went from just being an ordinary person to an ordinary person who did these things that most people don't do? So it starts with the realization that yes, we are all ordinary, but we're all unique, right? We're, so I think sometimes we get so down, down on ourselves that we're not able to do this, or we don't have enough money, or we can't fit in those clothes, or whatever whatever our struggles are, that we just think that nobody else is struggling, that we think it's all it's our own struggle and nobody else is struggling. And for me, it was really about taking a look at myself and saying, okay, wait, there's a lot of amazing things happening in your life. Whatever your struggles are, there's a lot of amazing things happening. And it could be really small moments, but those moments kind of take over the struggles for me. So yeah, I mean, I, I looked at a lot of things. I mean, I didn't look at having six kids as a anything different than anyone else. Like I just like, okay, you have two kids. I have six kids, but for a lot of people they are like, okay, yeah, that's three times the size of my family. Sure, that's sure. a big difference. <laughs> and um, I'm like, well, trust me, I go through the same issues every day. Yeah. Compounded, but you know, like, I still mess everything up. That's that's what we do as humans. Like there's no perfection in anyone. Um, but I think starting with that, realizing that I don't have I can't be anybody else but who I am and what do I want? So I want this life. I want this family. I want um, you know, when I decided to climb Kilimanjaro, that was it was never a bucket list. It kind of, I say it fell in my lap, but it was uh, a friend of ours had climbed it the year before and he asked my husband if he would be interested in doing it. My husband said, no, thank you. Call Simone. And they did. And I was, I was like, yeah, I, I really think I want to do this. I had never climbed anything before. I'd gone camping a few times, uh, really didn't even know how to use a mommy sleeping bag. True story. But it was kind of a moment for me that I, said, I want to do this. I want to accomplish this. And I am going to put in the work. I, I'm setting the goal. I'm going to put in the work and I'm going to believe in myself. And that was probably the first time that I kind of set it all out there for myself to follow instead of just saying, I set a goal. Oh, wait, I didn't make it. You know, like that, that kind of would be my, in the past things that I would say, like I set an, a goal that I knew I would never achieve just because, you know, I'm supposed to set goals. Um, but I didn't put in the work behind it because I didn't want to, I didn't want it. And so the Kilimanjaro thing I really did want. And it was a moment, it was a transformational moment for me, not just in terms of getting myself in shape. I'm now in COVID shape, but getting myself in shape for it. But, you know, really being able to see what I was capable of. And was that conscious, someone, not, sorry to cut you off, but was that no. like, how much, of, yeah, like what was it, there was no, was it once it happened, then you started to realize the benefit of it and to see like, hey, maybe I should do more of this and challenge myself? Or was it more deliberate upfront of like, I think I need to overcome some stuff in my own mind? 
So it's kind of a combination. So at the beginning, it was kind of like, you know, I still have that voice inside my head that said, really, are you capable of capable of this? And, you know, I kept saying to myself, you can do this. Like you're, you're doing the same work as everyone else to get this done. You have the mindset that you can do it. So that was kind of, that was the start of it. But once I actually made it to the summit, that was kind of the point where I said, why was I doubting myself? Like this is, and I need to, put all of those feelings of self-doubt aside because, you know, the, the worst thing that we can do is not do something because we're afraid of failing. You know, if you don't ask, the answer is always no, right? You, you never know when you ask something. You never know when you do something what you can accomplish. So, yeah, it was it was a combination of, of really believing in myself. And trust me, I had many people say to me, uh, you really think you're going to make it to the top? You know, no, I think I'm going to make it halfway. That's why I'm doing it. You know, and it's a hard thing when you hear that from enough people and and this applies to everything in our lives when someone says like oh you really think you should apply for that job do you have the skills for it 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 puts that voice inside your head to say oh wait no i can't do this i'm not even going to try so my answer is now after doing that is that the and i say this to my kids all the time the worst that someone can say is no and if you if you don't ask the answer is always no so you have to you have to try you have to ask um but there definitely was, again, self-reflection when I got to the summit of saying, okay, all those things need to be gone. Mm. You know, trust me, again, still that voice inside my head on, on many things, but really looking back and saying, if I want it, what do I want? What do I want to do? Am I going to put in the work to do it? Then I need to do it. Mm. So interesting. And, and I think you hit on it a little bit before. I'll speak for myself, but I'm sure there's others. And, and probably you, I'm curious your take on it. Like, when you say like, when I reached the summit, you know, everything was different. And I realized these things, I feel like for so many people, as soon as you do something like that, right. And, and then you've written a book and I know you've, you speak and you do all sorts of different things. There, there becomes this instant sensation of like, oh, that's a different type of person. Mm-hmm. Like Simone's one of those people who can do those things. She can, like, she climbed Mount Kilimanjaro. She went to the summit. Like, that's not me. I could never do that. And I think what's super interesting about you, and I think it's the point you're trying to get across is like, it, there's not different types of people in the world. It's just that ability to be self-reflective, to overcome, to push yourself. But it's so hard for people to get over that. I've listened to so many podcasts and I'm guilty of it myself where I hear people talking like that. And I'm like, oh, that's a different life. That's not relatable to me, but it is, I think, right? I think that's the message you yeah. would Yeah. I would say 10 years ago, I would have said, oh, that's not me. I could never do that. I could never. And that was my mindset. So, and you hear this so many times. And again, 10 years ago, I would have said, Oh, it doesn't matter if you change your mindset, it doesn't really do anything. And I completely disagree now because if we can't believe in ourselves, how can other people believe in us, right? If we don't love ourselves, how can we expect other people to love us? So I, I kind of I kind of start with that. And like we spend more time with ourselves than anyone else in the world, right? So um, we really have to learn to love ourselves and to respect ourselves and to believe in ourselves to be able to accomplish things that are completely out of our comfort zone. And I do have people ha- that have said that to me that, oh, oh, S- Simone, you're ju- you are, you're just a different kind of person. Like you make other people look bad because you do mm-hmm. too much. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, that's the voice inside my head right there that, you know, when you hear people start saying that you're like, oh, wait, maybe I'm, you know, I shouldn't do that or, and it, and it does bring a lot of self-doubt with it. But what I have to say is that I, I struggled for so long to believe in myself that making 
certain changes, which is really taking a look at myself in the mirror and positive affirmations and even gratitudes, these things that were never part of my routine, just like putting on makeup and putting on face cream and taking a shower. It's all part of my routine now so that it really, you know, it's that, it's that piece of self-care that's self-care of my, my mind that really makes the biggest difference for me. If we go back a little bit, what what was that to wherever you want to take it, whatever you're comfortable yeah. with? What was that rooted in that self, the 10 year ago version of you or earlier? Where did that come uh, from? Why do you think that was the original blueprint in your mind that you had to change? So it started way back in high school. So I have struggled with weight my whole life mm-hmm. and up and down. And you know, it, it's one of these things that we do that really drives me crazy where when someone loses weight, we tell them, wow, you look amazing. Mm-hmm. But people aren't telling me, weren't telling me that when I was heavier. It was only when I lost weight. And so basically in my mind, it tells me, wait, I, so I looked horrible before, right? Like, you know, I, I looked like crap. That's, that's what you're telling me. Mm. And so when I was in high school, I had a boyfriend and I was 16 years old and I was <clears throat> probably 50 pounds lighter than I am now. Mm. And he told me that I was fat, that I, he couldn't believe how many stretch marks I already had. And we were going out to dinner. This is like on the way to dinner. And <sighs> he said, um, you should probably have a salad at dinner. Oh, and guess was what? He, was he I just had an a, asshole? Was he he like was just an, he was an asshole. Yeah, he was an asshole. And um, at the time I didn't realize that, you know, I'm 16, love of my life, right? Um, no, he was a real asshole. And so you know, looking back, that was kind of the beginning. So I had a salad at dinner, went home and cried myself to sleep and really didn't want to eat because I felt so bad about myself. So everything moving forward was about how, and I look back at, you know, I got married, not to him, um, to an amazing man who I'm still married to 29 years later, but I got married at 21. And looking back at how tiny I was in my wedding dress, I was like, how did I even listen to this guy? Like, why Why did I believe that? But again, when someone tells you something enough times, it really starts sticking in your head. Mm. Um, but that was kind of the beginning with my self-doubt. And so when you start questioning yourself on one thing, I truly believe you start questioning yourself on other things as well. Mm. So wait, oh, I'm not going to fit into that dress. Then I need to starve myself for this. Or, you know, I, um, well, I'm not skinny enough, so maybe I'm not smart enough as well for this. So, and that's kind of how I I went through life, never realizing that I was making a difference just by the things I was doing every day. Mm. Different difference in the world, difference with other people, because I felt like I wasn't enough. Mm. And I truly believe that each and every one of us are more than enough. That we just need to take a look in the mirror and realize what we're capable of. Do you? Th- I've heard you speak on on some other podcasts. I was prepping for this, so I, I may know your answer, but how much do you think age plays a role in that? Like, do you think at 16, Mm. we're just not mentally sophisticated enough to handle that type of situation and be able to overcome it and come out the other side? Or do you think there's things we could better teach our kids to give them the tools if that happens, you know, to be prepared for it? Yeah, I, I, I would say there's definitely tools that we can give our kids because I, I can see with my daughter who is 19, the questions she has, the comments she's made, that it is so important that we really are open and honest with our kids. And it's not just about telling your kid that they're beautiful, but understanding that each and every person is different and looking at social media and saying, 
oh, well, that person has this amazing bikini. I'm going to order it. And then your kid puts it on and it doesn't fit. And they're like, oh, I'm a disaster. I'm so fat. I can't do anything. And um, that's not real. Like, it's not real. So really giving them the skills to be able to take a look. And, and trust me, my daughter will call me sometimes and say, I'm having a moment. I really feel bad about myself right now. Help me out, you know? And she just needs that reassurance. And, and I think the ability for to teach our kids to be able to ask for help, yeah. which again, when we look at our world, how when you talk about anything to do with mental health for so long, it was taboo. You couldn't say you were struggling. Yeah. Um, you know, again, for me, I think I struggled for so long because it wasn't okay to say that you were struggling with something. It also, people would look at me and say, there's no way you could be struggling. You have this amazing life. You have six kids, you have everything together. So I couldn't even say I was struggling because people would be like, well, we don't believe you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, being able to teach our kids to be able to ask for help, to be able to ask the questions and just to be able to be honest with them. Mm -hmm. And there are days where she'll say to me, um, and she's the only one that asks as much, you know, more that she asks way more than the other ones. Um, my oldest daughter does sometimes, but she'll be like, um, what do you think of this outfit? I'll be like, I think it looks ugly. <laughs> and I'm she's so so that when she comes forward and asks me like a really valid question, she knows I'm not gonna lie about it, mm -hmm. that I'm gonna tell her the truth that, you know, hey, you know, everybody, everybody and everybody is different. And you have to love yourself. And I had a realization and she was the one who kind of made me move forward with a lot of things. Um, I was getting ready for a party, trying to fit into clothes that, you know, I had expanded out of, mm. just really frustrated with myself and not saying anything to her, but saying stuff about myself under my breath, muttering about how I can't believe I gained weight again and blah, blah, blah. And she said to me, you have to stop. Mm. You are beautiful and you're giving me a complex. How can you expect me to love my body when you don't even like your own? And I'll never forget that because it was an aha moment of the damage that I'm doing to my kids by not loving myself. Mm. And again, they say that you are, you know, obviously I'm, I'm the teacher in all, all parts of the word, but really having standing in front of them. And if I'm always upset with myself, what are they going to see? What are they going to think about themselves? So um, we really have to lead by example and we have to believe it. We have to be authentic. It's not just, real. it's not just pretending that I love myself. I truly have to love myself. Mm. Yeah. And there's so many connection points here to where we started exactly what we were talking about with the work it takes to be kind, right? And to me, this all fits into that for your ability to be kind to your kids, for your ability to kind of teach and model kindness for them, to be kind to other people in the world. This is it. This is all the stuff we're dealing with under the surface that's pulling us away from that. To be like, kind, how the fuck can I be kind? Like, I'm, I just gained all this weight. I'm dealing with this. Yeah. Like, how can I think about that? And that's why I, I'm, I think the ability to kind of, whatever you want to call it, the ability to like zoom out, remove yourself, kind of meta thinking about thinking is so important because you get so caught up in your mind and you feel it to be able to step out and your kid can do that for you sometimes. They can pull you out. Yeah. Was that something like, was that a skill that you always had the ability to step outside of it and reflect on it and see it and maybe not always take the actions you wanted to take, but you were aware of it? Or was that something that came later in life? Nah, that was something that came later in life. I mean, I think for the first part of my life, I was walking around with my head down, point A to point B, not really 
not really seeing any of it and not being able to take a look back and say, well, wait, you are, you are more than enough. You are making a difference. You are all of these things. No, I wasn't, I wasn't doing that. It was really, it was, it was, it was a couple of things. It was a couple of events that I was at watching other people speak. And I write about this a little bit in my book, you know, watching these women and, and really thinking like this, this, this could never be me. This, these women on stage, that will never be me. I can't even fit in my clothes. Like how could I be the person on stage? And, and then I really sat there for a bit and I said, and and that's the whole point. You're not supposed to be them. You can't be them. Like, what do you want to do? How are you going to accomplish it? And small steps. I mean, trust me, it's not a light switch. It's not like all of a sudden you wake up and say, everything's fixed and everything's fantastic. Yeah, no shit. That doesn't happen. It is, what steps can I take today to make me feel better about myself? And, you know, and, and yeah, sometimes my kids are, are great reminders, especially when it comes to the kindness piece, because they're, you know, I'm human. I get frustrated, you know, on a daily basis about (laughs) stuff. And, uh, and you might've heard this story, but we were, uh, we were, I was with my youngest daughter and she was 13 at the time and we were in, waiting to get into the Starbucks drive through and it was a big line. Mm-hmm. And so we're like out in the parking lot and I left enough room trying to be kind so that people could back out their cars if they needed or if they could pass me. But of course the line starts moving and someone jumps in front of me into the Starbucks line. And I was like, you know, I literally lost <laughs> it, like all kinds of coming out of my mouth. Yep. And, you know, she's, yep, I've been there. she's, She's staring at me like I had two heads. She was like, are you okay? You okay, mom? I'm like, yeah. She's like, well, I think you might have forgotten a few things about kindness and patience and understanding. You might need to reread your own book. (laughs) And she totally called me on it, which I think was great because she's like, that's not typically how you act. And like why is this such a big deal you tell me all the time we have no we have no idea what anybody else is going through mm. see this was the important part is that they do listen right you mm. think that they're just like playing on their phones and they have no idea what you're saying but mm-hmm. you tell us all the time you have no idea what any, anybody else is going through that you can never walk in their shoes i mean maybe something bad happened to her maybe she you know just needs that cup of coffee to get to work maybe she didn't even see her you were waiting there like who knows and I was like, and of course now I'm laughing hysterically because I'm like, okay, here's my 13 year old like telling me how it is. Was there any defensiveness? Because I think that's such an interesting moment where for so many people, logically, rationally, again, if they could zoom out, they could appreciate, like they could laugh. But for it's the visceral reaction is like, I don't, I don't want to feel bad. I don't want to be called out. That's uncomfortable. Was there any defensiveness? In well, it was way? just like, what? You know, that was the first thing. Was like, yeah, I'm fine. And then she was like, really? Are you really fine? You know, like so the more she met, went with it, the more I was like, oh my God, how ridiculous was that? You know, and I think that a lot of times we don't have people call us out on stuff. And, and of course, then we get up to the drive-thru and the woman who had cut us off paid for our drinks. Mm. And so the, so then my daughter said, well, can we buy drinks for the people behind us? And then we had a whole conversation on how long we think it's going to last. And so it was actually, it was a great learning moment for me. I mean, maybe for her too, but really for me about like, hey, stay true to yourself like you know and you can have these moments that's totally fine but be able to take a step back and say okay why did i have that moment like i don't even know i was just in a crap mood and that's why i had that moment well and it highlights what you said before too of like it's not magic it's not a switch it's it's a it's got to be real exactly because if you just if you just said to your kids or to yourself like be kind be nice people but you didn't actually believe it and you're dealing with your own stuff when that moment happens it's you're you're it's not real you're gonna react and you're gonna stick with it 
but it's through that practice and making it real. I really believe it, that it even gives you a chance to yeah. learn in that moment and, and adapt. And we're going to miss some, right. But it gives you that chance. So I think that's so spot on and that's that work, you know, to come back to it. There's a lot of work involved in that to get to that point, to be able to handle that moment the way you did, even when it went, it broke bad first, you know, and that's hard. That's yeah. hard. And, you know, I mean, we were on a plane, uh, we went up to my oldest daughter just graduated from college. And mm-hmm. so we were flying home from Boston. And the actually when we were flying up to Boston, the woman in the seat next to me, um, she was just angry the entire time. And she complained about everything. She had to go to the bathroom. They wouldn't let her go to the bathroom. She was saying that, you know, she's going to sue everyone and that she's, I mean, it was like, she went on and on. And of course, I'm, my husband was sitting across the aisle from me and I'm looking at him going, do I say something? Do I not? I was like, this is a time I didn't say something. Typically I would be like, you know, why don't you just get it all out? You seem really upset. Can I help you? Like, just let it all out. Anything else you want to complain about? Any other person you want to complain about? You know, um, it just wasn't worth it in the moment, but I thought that inside my head. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you you see, people are they have less patience. They're just they're just angry, and you wish you could just say, "Do you see yourself? Like, do you see what's happening? And would you feel okay? Like, when you if you saw someone else behaving like that, what would you think? Right. Because that's how you're behaving. Yeah. And I think a lot of times we don't realize that as well. Like when we, um, so customer customer service calls uh that's another thing that is something i think we forget that they're actually people they're not Mm -hmm. just customer service and they have you know there's certain things they can do there's certain things they can't do i mean they just can't fix everything that's just not how it works Mm -hmm. but um it's it's hard sometimes you make a phone call you're really frustrated and the person gets on and you're instantly you know screaming at them do you think they they're gonna want to help you no (laughs) i wouldn't want to help you um so i try to i try to think about it like how would i want to be treated if i'm in in this situation understanding that the end goal is to fix the problem um and my husband is he he hates customer service calls so like i am the customer service person every once in a while i make him do it and so he there was one thing he had to do and he's like can you please call i was like nope you got this one. <laughs> you got it. I got all the other ones. You got this one. And um, he called me later in the day. He said, I pulled a Simone. And I said, I'm kind of concerned. I don't know what you're going to say here. And he said, um, I when I called for customer service, I asked the person's name. I asked where they were from. We had a conversation for a little bit. And then I got to my issue. And guess what? Yeah. She fixed it right away. And yeah. I was like, there you go. There you go. Like, you don't have to just get on there and be angry. Again, we have a choice on how we move forward in the world. It's not always going to work that way. It's not always going to be fixable, but it doesn't do you any good just to get angry. It just, it just, I mean, for some people, maybe it makes them feel better. For me, I can't imagine just being angry all the time. Is there any burden in it? So just to play the other side of it, is there any burden in it of this sense of like, I have to, I have to always lead with kindness and I get it. We get it wrong sometimes. So I'm sure there's some grace in that, but in that approach to life, you know, again, I guess looking at the other side of why somebody might react with anger, is there a burden in trying to live up to, to be the Simone that people think Ah. you're supposed to be and think that you are for your kids, for your husband, for other people. Is there a stress in that? Is there a burden? Is there ever a sense of like, this is exhausting? I don't think so. I don't think so because again, it's a choice. It's a conscious choice then that I'm making. It's a conscious choice. And and trust me, I, I, I don't get it right all the time. I mean, there's definitely many days, like I said, where I'm just like, 
you know, I'm in a shit mood. I'm going to be an asshole today. And okay, maybe I just shouldn't go anywhere. <laughs> you know, like I, I, you know, cause there's days that you just can't there, bad things happen. Right. And you have to figure out how do you move forward through them without making your, yourself feel worse. And I always feel bad. Like if I'm, you know, once my daughter called me out on that, I was like, that was ridiculous. Like what, why would I lose it over that? And so be, I think again, what you said before, being able to reflect upon things that you do. And I don't think any, I mean, I think it's more exhausting to go through the world being angry, yeah. you know, I mean, playing the other side of the car, you know, it's just, you, you got to really, that takes a lot. <laughs> that takes draining. a lot of emotions. Yeah. yeah I think draining. it's draining to just, yeah. and then sit down at the end of the day and think, okay, that was a really, that whole day just sucked. Right. Like, I don't, I wouldn't want to do that every day. And tomorrow's going to suck too. Like, yeah. Where do you go with that? Yeah. yeah. So I think if you change your mindset on that, I think maybe your days wouldn't be as draining. So let's go, let's go back to the, whatever. Let's, let's stick with the 10 year mark. If, yeah. if you, if Simone today is having a conversation with that Simone 10 years ago, whatever, who can't even imagine, like, what are you talking about? Gratitude, affirmations, climbing Mount, like get the hell out of here. Is there anything like how, cause this, this is in some ways is that yeah. with the person listening today, who's like saying those same things. What, what is the practical advice? What, is, what are the words to be said? What is it that you could tell that Simone from 10 years ago, whoever, that would get you to start acting in the way that you think is in your better interest? Yeah, I, I would start with the, and I know I've said this already, but really think about what you want, okay? We have one life, okay? So what do you want? What do you want to accomplish? How do you want, you know, and I even say to the kids, what do you want your tombstone to read? Like, here lies an asshole, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Like, what what do you want that to look like? So um, do you want to just be going from point A to point B, or do you want to enjoy the space in between? And for me, I realized it's enjoying that space in between. It's not about just getting through the daily routine, like Groundhog Day, because there's certain days that are like that. I'm like, mm -hmm. I got this done. I got, you know, 16 meetings. Okay. Bedtime, get back up the next day. I'm like, oh my gosh, am I doing that again today? Mm. Um, so really taking a moment to say to myself, wait, you don't need to be rushing through to the next step. We do that in all aspects of our life, you know, sending our kids to college. You got to pick what you want to do for the rest of your life right now. You're 18 years old, pick it, now follow it. Mm. Um, we need to give ourselves room to change. We need to be able to say it's okay to make, to, to make changes that um, you don't have to stick to the same thing that you started in when you were 16 or 18 or, you know, whether you go to college or not, like there's always that ability to say, this is not what I love. This is not what I want to do. Let me figure out what I really do want. And you kind of see that happening a lot right now with when, when they call it the great resignation, you see a lot of people saying, what matters to me? Mm. Um, Would you yeah. heard it, You think like those words? Cause I think I often say this, like words don't do things justice. They're right. Mm -hmm. All the words mm -hmm. are right. Everything you're saying is accurate, but for some reason, it's like the receptor to receive it for certain people, myself very much included at times. The, again, the 10 year ago version of you, what would have been your initial reaction to that? Do you think it would have worked or what would have been your pushback to say like, here's yeah. the bullshit? I, yeah, I think I would have needed, needed to hear it from someone else or to have seen someone else's journey that was similar to mine that then ended up in a different place. Because, you know, just looking back at, you know, even when I was 16, 18, all those things where I wish I could go back in time, but you know what? I, I actually don't wish I could go back because I think that everything I've every every single thing that I've gone through has led me to where I am today. 
So if I didn't do certain things, I might have not married my husband. I might not have the family that I have today. So even though some of it sucked, it just is part of my journey. And they're bumps in the road. They're not huge mountains, right? You, they, they happen. You have to figure out. You have to let them be and you have to move forward. Mm -hmm. So would I have given pushback if I would go back and talk to myself? Yeah, 100% going to be like, you know, because I didn't believe in myself, right? So I'd be like, there's no way you could accomplish that. Um, but it, that's why I think sometimes it's important to have beyond yourself, whether it's your family or um, a good friend. You just need that one person that if you can't believe in yourself, that one person that believes in you to push you forward mm. so that you can start seeing what you're capable of. So yeah, I would have definitely had pushback, but um, you know, maybe I would have been able to accomplish things sooner or you know, really- Restart the process. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, you make me think as you said that, um, and, and we don't have to go here. I, I'm not a particularly religious person, but I think for a lot of people, I mean, no disrespect by this, that's a lot yeah. of the functionality of religion and God. That's God becomes that person mm -hmm. that believes in you and that you can take that confidence in. Um, and it, it, it gives you that push you need. And I think it's a really powerful thing. I think for a lot of people, that's that's important if that's where you get that source of it from. So it made me think of that as you said that. Sometimes it's people in our lives, sometimes it's some higher power or whatever it might be. Yeah, I am not um, a very religious person, but I do say that with a lot of people that, um, especially with a lot of the speakers that I've seen or heard, I should say, um, really talking about how that that power, that that it, because they always feel loved you know, and um, that's not how I feel. Like, I feel like that from my family and my friends. I don't really, this is obviously not a religious discussion, but I think wherever you can get that support um, is important. And for some people, it's religion. And some people, it's their friends and family. Hmm. Yeah, I think it, the key is to what you were saying before, like the formula, if you will. And it's not a formula because that, yeah. that's, I would be doing a disservice to everybody listening, but I got to just follow the formula. But it's it's figuring out as you said what do you actually want in life what what is the thing what is it what you want your life to be and then the confidence to believe you can actually achieve it mm -hmm. not the not the confidence to assume it's absolutely definitely going to happen exactly that way but yeah. the confidence to get you moving in that direction however you can get there if it's a higher power if whatever it is whatever allows you to figure out what you want and have the confidence to go after it i think that's kind of the magic sauce at least the start of it a little bit it sounds like yeah uh, definitely agree and you know I, i've had people say okay give me the steps Okay, well, I can tell you what I did, but those might not be the steps that work for you. So it's even hard, like when you read, you know, self-help books and they give you 10 steps to your best life or whatever. And this is, if you do this, this, and this, but it's different for every person. And, but for me, it was really about taking a step back and looking at myself and saying, why, why don't I value myself as I val as much as I value other people? Mm. Why, why are their opinions worth more than mine? Mm. They're not. And those kind of questions and those, you know, we, we put certain things to a higher level. Celebrities, um, you know, we look at that and say, oh, if I only had that life. I don't say that, but a lot of people will say, if I only had that life. Well, we don't know what they're going through. We don't know the struggles that they have. You see a lot of them struggle. And, you know, they have a very public job that I think is very hard and they all, I mean, you hear them, you hear lots of them talk about the struggles they have and how they struggle to believe in themselves, even though they are at this level where they have so much respect around the world, but still they struggle. So I think that might be one of the first things is understanding that we're not alone in our struggles that, you know, like I said, I, for me, I, for a long time, I thought I'm the only one that struggles with this. I'm the only, you know, and then 
I started talking to other people about it and I was like, wait, I'm not the only one that struggles with this. And that was probably one of my biggest mistakes. And again, this comes from, I think our culture that you don't wanna talk about struggles. You know, it, it's, it makes us weak and it does not make us weak. It makes us human, right? Because every single one of us struggles with something. But when we don't talk about it, that's what makes other people struggle even more. And yeah. And there's a nuance there, though, right back to your example on the woman on the plane or woman or man, whoever it was on the plane. Because um, you can imagine some people thinking like, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm doing. I'm talking about my struggles when they're really just complaining about everything. So there's got to be like that functional aspect to it of like, it's okay to talk about my struggles and ask for help because I'm trying to work towards something better. I think it's when you're talking about your struggles just because you want to complain and just get it out there. And that's okay. There's a place for that sometimes. Yeah. But I think that's an important nuance, very much in what you're talking about. Like, it's not just these simple 10 steps. Even within those 10 steps, there's nuance and there's different ways to consider it um, that, that are important in it. Yeah. And yeah, I, I definitely agree. There's a difference between complaining and being able to talk about your struggles yeah, because like yeah. complaining, you don't want anybody's input. You just, you just want to, and it's okay. Also, I mean, lot, lots of time people just want to be heard mm -hmm. and that's enough to help them, but there's a way to do it without complaining the whole time. There's a way to say, this is what I'm struggling with right. instead of, oh my gosh, that woman is a bitch, mm -hmm. you know, like, hello, I, there's yeah. a totally different approach to being able to figure out how to help someone else and to help yourself at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So for the kindness piece to bring it back to mm -hmm. that, I hadn't really thought of it in this way, but you're making me think as we're having this conversation, um, is the kindness value at all functional in that? Because a lot of what we're talking about is, is the confidence and, the, and mm -hmm. the vulnerability to talk about our struggles. And I, I believe our minds are, are flawed kind of inherently. It's just the way by design. Um, there's a risk in that where you can get overconfident. You can become too like um, self-centered almost and just think about yourself and just worry about yourself. So does the kindness, aside from just being obviously a good thing to do, does it help keep you grounded to say, I'm doing all this, not just to make me better and to just care about myself, but I'm doing it to help the world. Is there an aspect of that to it? Yeah, uh, completely. It's so funny because my daughter, my daughter actually said this last night. She's like, um, you know, what's the fine line when I really believe in myself mm. to then not look like I feel like I'm the queen of the world and alienate the people around me. Mm. And I said, because you bring people with you. I said, so it's not just about you. It is about the people around you as well. It was really funny that, sure. that we had this conversation yeah. just last night. Um, but really that it is when you believe in yourself, you can people bring people with you. You know, it's the same thing like when you are complaining about everything, you can bring people down. Mm. Um, so being able to realize that, wait, no, I'm not just, hey, I think I'm amazing because that's not really how, that, that's not really what we're even talking about. It's just mm. saying that I believe in myself. I believe I can do this. Let me go through the process and let me help other people realize that they can do it too. So, and that's where the kindness comes in. It's not like, it's not just about me. It's, you know, what I do in the world is not because I'm trying to make my life better. It's about making the world better. And each one of us contributes to that. And that's the realization that has to happen is that we're all part of this. So if you're going through the world and you're angry all the time and the people next to you are like, oh, you know, this is really frustrated. I don't want to be here. Versus if you're going through, people want to be around you when you're happy and kind and compassionate. They, they do. They they feel better about themselves that way. So um, 
yeah, I definitely think it's all about bringing people with you on this journey and not just, it's not just about me. It's about everyone around me. What, what is that rooted in? If you dig as deep down as you can go to the root, right? Because you said you're not a particularly religious person, nor am I. What is the, the philosophical motivation to mm. bring people with you, to try and make the world a better place and uplift people? So I think it comes from my kids, honestly. I mean, having adopted three of our children. So we have our oldest three are biologic. And then we have two children from Ethiopia um, and then also a son from South Korea. And really seeing their lives and when we brought them home going to the countries that they're from and meeting the remaining members of their birth family in in terms of ethiopia we we were able to do that and seeing how happy people are with whatever they have so i think a lot of times like i would be like oh let let me fix this let me let me fix this and like they don't have enough this, they don't have enough that, but you know what, like what I learned from that is how happy they were with what they had. Mm. And that I think really started a change in me of that, wait, you don't need all this stuff to be happy. Trust me, I like stuff. It's not that I don't like stuff and that doesn't make you a bad person. Mm. Um, It's just that understanding that there's different levels of where people are happy and how, people were kind no matter what it wasn't like hey i i don't have this and you do so now i'm not going to be nice to you it was just kind of like wow like it was really a realization of how fortunate i am and watching my kids go through life and they they do lead with kindness you know i i look at the older kids people would ask me all the time like what's it like having you know biological kids and then adopting kids i'm like they're all my kids it doesn't matter like it's to me, it's it's one and the same. And that's how my kids see it as well. They, It's not like we're the adopted kids. It's we're her kids. And I think that really kind of started how I saw the world a bit differently because seeing it through their eyes and also seeing how they grew up. Um, Ari was four and a half years old when he came home. Um, really puts a different perspective on things. Mm-hmm. So maybe last, as we're coming towards the end, kind of, I'll, I'll press on this philosophical point. And I don't even yeah. know if this is going to land and make sense. So if it doesn't, we'll, we'll see where it goes. Okay. But I, I grapple with this a lot. I, I ask this question a lot. I think everything you just said makes a lot of sense. And 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 then in many ways, it's beautiful. In some ways, there there is a root to it, which is there's almost like a realization, I, I think that you're articulating, but correct me, of like, I got to witness other people being kind and looking to just appreciate what they have and do what they can for mm-hmm. others. And they were happy. So there's some realization of like, I want to be happy too. So if I do that, that will make me happy, which maybe full stop right there. And that's great. And that's kind of the meaning of life. And that's where we should go. My, my questioning kind of cynical side sometimes looks at it and says though, like, is there anything bad in that though? Is the fact that it's still rooted in, or there's at least some aspect of it, which is I, it makes me happy that whenever we're rooted in that, it leaves too much openness for us to do other things that maybe hurt people because we just, it's still rooted in our own happiness in some way. Mm. And I, I don't know, is that okay? Is that not okay? Maybe I'm missing it. Maybe it's not rooted in our own happiness, right? But but it seems like it is. Have, have you thought about that at all? And I know kind of abstract philosophical thought, but. Yeah, I mean, that's a really interesting question to, to think about that. I think I'm able to differentiate and maybe not all of the time that choosing my own happiness 
while hurting someone else wouldn't be something that I would choose, right? So I think that I would really figure out a way to kind of look at it. And again, that that comes from doing this work for a long time now where I can I can self-reflect and say, well, wait, was that, wait, what did you just do? Like that impacted other people in a really negative way. Is that really what the intention was? Mm-hmm. Um, so when I talk about kindness and that it makes me happy, it makes me happy because it makes other people happy. So I'm not going to be happy if someone else is miserable about something else I did. I mean, really that is something that I would really try to avoid. It's not always possible, right? But, um, and again, I, I, I probably, when I'm talking about seeing other people be happy in their lives, it's a comparison again, right? And I hate, I really do hate comparing myself to other people because I, I, I go back to that we are all different, we are all unique, we all have our own place in the world. But I think when it comes to being kind, when you see someone else doing something kind and you see how much it helps other people and the response that they get, it's it's something that I would want to do as well. Hmm. So it's not because, ooh, I want this people to say, oh, Simone's so kind. No, because I it it does make me feel good when someone else feels good. It does not make me feel good when someone else feels bad. And I don't know if I even answered that exactly no. how where I we were going, but I think okay. you did. I mean, there's almost like a, um, it's by design. It, it's it's we shouldn't be apologetic that being kind makes us feel good, right? Like that's almost yeah. the optimal situation. If it didn't make you feel good, like then it's probably not sustainable for you to do all those kind things if you're not happy, right? And that's probably where we were before, where most people choose then. Well, I'm not going to be kind because it doesn't make me feel good, so yeah. I'm not going to do it. It's not sustainable. If you can get to the point where your happiness actually is driven by kindness and helping others that kind of feels like an optimal state to be at. So it's, it's, it's very intentional in that design and it's unapologetic about the fact that there's individual happiness that comes from that too. It's not, it's not a problem. Yeah. Cause I do think like we want to be happy. Right. Right. But I mean, for me, I don't, would never choose to be happy at at the expense of someone else. So if, if what I'm going to do is going to hurt someone else just because, and you see it happen all the time. You see people make decisions. I've seen it in many of the jobs that I've had where someone steps on top of someone else to get to the next level. And for me, now that I'm older, um, that I, I see that and say, I, I don't think I would sleep at night. You know, I think I would really struggle with that now. Maybe when I was younger, I don't know. It's hard to look back and say, you know, too if, much now. Yeah. So, I know so, too much yeah. now to look back yeah. and say, would I have done that back then? And maybe I did. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, there are moments, sometimes we don't know the impact we have on other people. Um, but now my goal is to really try to, to do things in a way that I am, I, I'm, I'm modeling for my kids. Like right. I don't want to model being an asshole. You right. know, I, I want them to be self-confident. I want them to self-advocate. I want them to be able to move forward in the world where they feel good about themselves. And that's the ultimate goal for me. Mm. All right. Last question, just to press on this yeah. and make it real for people, right? Very much in yeah. the spirit of what we want to do. Yeah. So let's, let's make it real. Let's take climbing Mount Kilimanjaro. I don't know exactly when you did that. You wrote a book and hopefully you appreciate the nature of this question. Um, yeah. Those take a lot of time. It's yeah. a big commitment. You could look at that and say, well, I could have spent that time with my kids or I could have done something making people happier. Mm. But in some ways that's that, because that's the nuance we were at before, right? Obviously yeah. you, you know, were out slashing people's tires because it made you happy, be an <laughs> asshole, right? But those harder trade-offs to say, hey, I want to write a book or I want to climb this mountain, but there is sacrifice and trade-off in mm. that. How do you think about that balance and, and managing that to still be kind, but not being, you know, that whole thing? 
Well, I think in order to really lead as your best self, you have to take care of yourself. You need some sort of self-care. Just giving of yourself 24-7, like you just can't do that. Like it just, it maybe some people can. I can't. Like I think that I do need time for myself. And trust me, I had people say to me, well, you have six kids at home. Isn't it kind of selfish to leave for two weeks to climb a mountain? Like what if something happens to you? I mean, all the questions went through. And I said, I don't find it selfish at all. I find it self-care. And I want my kids to understand that in order to live their best lives, in order to be their best selves, they have to take time for themselves. It's not something that I do all of the time. Mm -hmm. It's something that I do in moments, in chunks, so that I can kind of regroup and say, wait, in order for my kids to be them, their best selves, they have to see me be my best self. And, you know, if I'm just miserable all the time, they're going to be miserable all the time. And I think they really appreciated it. I think they were... I mean, I have great stories about it, which is for another day, but you know, they were so proud. And that was like a thing for them and be like, my mom climbed Kilimanjaro and other kids were like, she did what? Mm. And so I, I loved that, that they felt really, you know, really proud about that. And writing the book, same kind of thing. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's like a regular job though. It was like a full-time job. I scheduled it on my calendar, like a job and they, they got it. Um, you know, they, my, my daughter, Millie, was kind of like, um, so can you write about the other five kids and not about me? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going to write about my five favorite kids and not about you. That's how it's going to go. So, you know, um, once it was all said and done, like it was she was she was great. She was really happy because she didn't know a lot of the stories. And um, I was like, see, this is the stuff we need to talk about more. And, uh, her eighth grade teacher asked for it to be summer reading for last year for her oh. class. And so we thought it was going to be, well, I thought she was going to have it be optional. Um, then Olivia calls me, my daughter, who's 19, she calls me laughing hysterically and she FaceTimed me and she shows me Millie's face and Millie's like, <laughs> and I was like, what is happening? She goes, oh, it's not optional reading. It's required reading. The entire class has to read about, and my book is about, you know, our lives. So it's her adoption story. All, and I was like, and so at first she was angry and I said, Millie, take a step back. Okay. Like a lot of these kids have not seen other places in the world. They are, it's a private school. So I'll leave it at that. And that they, you know, and we are definitely in the minority when it comes to the family that we have. So I thought it was really important. And guess what? She got great feedback from her classmates, from her teachers. And, and then, and actually before that happened, when I just had that conversation with her and said, okay, give me a break. Like, that it's this is important millie and she was like okay and it was better even though it, it was much better once she got good feedback for yeah. especially from her closest friends so well i love that and i think it's a it's a great story to wrap on and, and i say that not just because that's what people say on podcasts i love that answer but really <laughs> because um it speaks to like it speaks to why this is hard because we all want comfort and certainty mm -hmm. of like this is the right choice this is the right decision but we never get that, right? Exactly what you're saying. We don't get those answers. We do the best we can. If we make a mistake, we learn from it, but there is no blueprint. There is no formula to be like, if you do this, this, and this, everybody's going to be happy. There's always going to be those questions, but it goes back to what I think you said in the beginning, which is if you figure out what matters to you and you're thoughtful and self-reflective and you're looking for the inputs to try and gauge and calibrate as best you can, 
that's really the best we can all hope for. And it's that acceptance of that, of saying like, there is no such thing as a sure thing or a comfortable path that's always going to work. Once you accept that, it becomes so much easier to take chances, to, to make different decisions and, and see how it plays out. And I think your life is a, is a good example of that. So I appreciate you a ton for being on, sharing the stories and, and all that. Super, super interesting. Thank you so much. And thanks for having me here today. Yeah, absolutely. Have an awesome rest of your day. Thank you. You too.